There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland, and this is the Leader Weekends. Saturday is How to Be a CEO Day. These are some of the highlights from the full episode. So if you want to hear more, you can hit the link in the show notes or search for How to Be a CEO in your podcast provider. There's a brand new episode every Monday morning. When you're rushing to become a CEO or have the job already and are just trying to stay on top of it all, the idea of a day off may be laughable at times. But securing a fair work-life balance can be an achievement in itself. So how's this for an idea? A four-day week. I did expect more people to be jumping from their chairs. I would, I do admit. Now, there was some of that, but I think people were genuinely kind of, Reiki, have I really just heard this? Is this a real thing? Anne-Marie Lister is the chief people officer who led Atom Bank through a giant transformation in working practice. A trial at the end of 2021 was such a success, they decided to make it permanent following an increase in productivity and a lot of talent wanting to join a bank with barely a decade's history behind it. The week that we announced our trial, direct applications to the business um, for open vacancies we'd had increased by 500%. What had gone round quick then? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm David Marlson from the Evening Standard. Now, Amory will be appearing at the Water Cooler event, which is taking place alongside our SME Expo at XL London on April 25th and 26th. The Water Cooler has loads of speakers talking about employee well-being and workplace culture. Tickets are free. Go to watercoolerevent.com. So you'll be able to hear from Amory in person there. But for now, when I spoke to her, the first thing I wanted to know was, did you know this would be a success? Yes, I was quietly confident that it would be a success because we'd done a lot of research. You know, there's been a lot of research around 40 a week over the years. Famous studies in New Zealand, in Iceland. There've been studies in the UK where they've looked at the impact on environment. And if the research is to be believed, then I hoped that we would have a similar kind of impact on our own organisation. Now, coupled with having done lots of planning internally. So I didn't just take the research off the shelf and think, oh, we'll give that a go. You know, it really did take a bit of planning and organising internally in both looking across our operation, but also in working with our people to figure out what was going to work for them. So it was quite a detailed process. And because we'd done that, I had hoped we would be successful. But of course, there's always that little bit at the back of your mind thinking, hmm, I'm the one that's recommended this (laughs) what if it doesn't go well so going right the way back to the start though Amory how did that conversation actually begin who had the idea in the first place and how did you sell it so I guess it was against the backdrop of the pandemic we were as lots of other organizations were kind of looking really inside our business to see okay what's the impact of that being how are our people feeling and they were telling us that actually their well-being wasn't as great stress levels were going up and at the same time we were looking at well what are our business metrics how is our business performing you know if people are telling us that they're working longer and harder that's not necessarily equating to the output in our organisation that we would, you know, we would expect to see. And again, the great resignation was being talked about, you know, so we were really interested in seeing how we could evolve our employee value proposition. But the main thing we wanted to come out of the other side of the pandemic, like many other businesses, bigger, stronger and remain a sustainable employer. So these were the kinds of conversations that I was having with my chief executive. So he was talking to me around, you know, what are the possibilities? What can we do to kind of shift our employee value proposition that will benefit both our business and our people? And he started to talk about four day a week. And we had that conversation around, okay, you know, one of many things that we talked about. um, And I thought, "Mm, okay, this is interesting. And so, yeah, decided to kind of take that and some other ideas and options away to think about what might be possible for our business. So it came from a range of conversations that were happening in the business, but looking at the possibilities, right? And truly looking at the possibilities because we wouldn't have landed at four day a week if we just thought, oh, that'd be too big and difficult to do. Nobody's done that before in the UK. So it's working within an environment, exploring possibilities to see actually what might fit. It's an enormous transformation of how the company works. How long was it between having those initial conversations and then telling the staff? Yeah, so I'd say the conversations that were happening between the chief exec and then we took them to the kind of senior management team were probably around June, July in 2021. Um, I then made the recommendation that we could start to do some planning around this, having done some research in September 2021, so a couple of months. 
And then we pressed the button fully on our trial in November. So from an initial conversation early summer to November, um, kind of early winter, the organisation had shifted in a trial period to a four day week. And that meant for us going from 37 and a half hours to 34 for same pay. We didn't take a reduction in pay, um, but people's days um, slightly extended by an hour you know, if they wanted that fifth day off. So pretty quickly, really, when you're thinking about pivoting an entire organisation and we're a fully regulated bank as well. So, you know, these were huge considerations as we were planning and thinking, is this going to be possible? Um, bearing in mind, you know, we're a bank that operates 24-7, you know, our customers need to contact us between 8 and 8 every day, and we have to meet all of the needs of the regulator and our compliance requirements as a bank. So there was lots to consider. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. How did it go down with the staff? I mean, I expect a lot of them would be quite happy, but but were they? What kind of conversations did you have to have? So it's really interesting, right? I think when we started to kind of talk with this with the senior leaders in the business, I think there was a bit of support, a bit of disbelief in a sense of really, we'd be able, we'd go for this. And I think we announced it um, to the entire organisation in this September, I think, to say, we're thinking of doing this. We need you to work with us to make this a reality and give it a go and try it out. And I think I'd, when I'd kind of made that, given that message, I did expect more people to be jumping from their chairs. Now, there was some of that, but I think people were genuinely kind of Reiki, if I really just heard this, is this a real thing? And, and I think actually on reflection, stepping back, it is watching people go through that change cycle, you know, that classic change cycle of excitement, disbelief, challenge and worry to think, oh my gosh, how am I going to possibly fit five days work into four? What does this mean? To then realising through the planning process that it was a reality and a possibility to then actually the other side of the curve, you know, people really excited and, you know, the feedback we get from some in terms of how it's fundamentally changed their life, their working life and their personal life. So it is, it, it, it 
you know, and watching people go through that um, and trying to work with it while you do as well. So you can help people shift along that that cycle and continue to engage them in the process is really, really important. So there must have been a priority then for communication with the staff. Was it like, we want to do this, but let's talk about it first? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I've talked about this in the past in the sense of I don't believe there is any leader or any business, the senior team that can stand up and can pertain to the fact that they have all of the answers. Some businesses you might think that they do and they might try and let you think that they do. But there isn't any leadership team that I've worked with that has all of the answers to everything in their business. And it was really important to me when we announced this as a change that our people have the answers. They were going to be the they, they were going to be the individuals, the people that could tell us if this could work or it couldn't. They knew the work patterns. They knew the content of their work and what enabled them to be productive and not and therefore engaging them in that process was key to the success of this you know there was no way I was going to be able to design shift patterns for 470 people I was asked the question and <laughs> really how are you going to design shift patterns for us all and I thought, I'm not. Um, but I think, you know, it's really key to the success, but key to empowering people and engaging people in not just the process, but figuring out within their day, where are the inefficiencies? And there are many, many inefficiencies, right? Um, so I think, you know, communication key in that and then making sure people are supported as they're finding efficiencies in their day. You know, that's good. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Deselect from going to that meeting or whatever it might be. But then also as well, getting that more personal and informal feedback around how are you feeling? How are stress levels? You know, what are your days like at work now? So I think keeping that open dialogue as well on a more personal level is really important. And we did that every month. We took a, a you know, we issued a survey every month. and um, But we also had things like drop in forums. We asked coaches and managers in the business to give us their feedback on what it was feeling like. Um, so a huge range of comms channels. I may be wrong here, but it sounds like you gave people the choice then. They could do this extra hour and then do four days or continue to do a five-day week. Yeah, again, at the beginning of our trial, we wanted this to be as inclusive as possible. You know, this is about flexibility as much as it is business productivity. Um, and we were well aware that people have different personal circumstances they have childcare responsibilities caring responsibilities and therefore to force a new fixed work work pattern on some people wouldn't have been fair or inclusive so yes we did say to people if it is better for you um you know to still work 34 hours to still take that drop for no reduction in pay but if it's easier for you to put that over five days that would be fine I would say 98% of people in the business opted to do it over four days and were able to flex their working day. We did ask that people kind of come to the business, whether that be virtually or in person, between core hours. So if people could be available for meetings between 9.30 and 4.30 with flexibility, you know, that would mean that as a, as a, as a business, we could still function. We had the right people in the right places at the right time. We could still make decisions. We could still move quickly on things that we needed to push forward from projects and programmes. And we could still maintain, you know, business output. 
That was Anne-Marie Lister from Atom Bank. For more interviews, news and analysis, the Evening Standard's business pages are the absolute best. Pick up the newspaper or go to standard.co.uk. How to be a CEO is back on Monday. We'll see you then.